You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. to another amazing episode of the Best Practices Show podcast. Now I'm biased because I love this stuff and I get a chance to meet not only some of my heroes and introduce them to you and ask some great questions, but I also get a chance to talk to up and comers that are uh, in sometimes in the dental world, technology world, sometimes they're combined. And I have Dr. Ryan Hungate on today, who probably has one of the most unique stories I've ever heard, ever, and you guys are gonna hear that and where he ended up in dentistry and why. And uh, a lot of what we're going to be talking about is automating your way out of some of this, you know, the staffing crisis or helping your team be a little bit more human, which I love. So Ryan, thanks for being on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here. Excited to talk about stuff. Yeah. Now for in full transparency, if you guys are listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, it doesn't matter. I just met Ryan. And my team is always on the lookout for new, unique, valuable things. And I'm like, okay, what does this one know about? And they're like, don't worry, it's really cool. Like he's got a great story. So, and then I asked you, I'm like, that is a crazy, your story is as unique as, probably the most unique story I've, I've heard on this side of things. So can you go through that again? Like, who are you and tell us your story? <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you. That's a huge compliment. You've obviously had quite a few people on here. Um, so, uh, I've got a, a, somewhat of a weird background. I'm an orthodontist. First of all, that's not the weird part. That's actually the, the why that I'm here. But at the same time, prior to, uh, becoming an orthodontist, uh, I worked at a little company called Apple. Uh, and I was uh, there during a pretty cool time. I was there from 2007 to 2008. So for all the Apple historians out there, uh, yep. The iPhone came out while I was there and we had no clue right? They do not tell you when cool stuff comes out. So walk into the Apple store as much as you want, beg and plead with them to tell you the cool new stuff. They do not know. And, and all the way up to the SVP uh, of retail, which is who I reported to. So I was out in yeah. Cupertino and I reported directly to the uh, SVP of retail, who's Ron Johnson, really cool guy. He was previously the C, uh, CEO of Target prior to coming to Apple. So crazy transition for him. He's a 
He's the reason that you like going to Target and not Walmart. Uh, no offense to Walmart, great place. Uh, just don't really picture myself there, you know, uh, on Black Friday or anything like that. You know, it's one of those things where you go into Target, it's like nice, open, wide experience, bright lights, more expensive, but you're happier because you're not running into people. He brought that into the retail world of Apple. And that's why you don't have collared shirt people anymore. Nothing wrong with that in that practice. But, you know, what you're seeing now is like chill, relaxed, friend, you know, friendly, calm. And you also see people in Apple stores that look like you. So you've got old, young, right? Mohawk, right? Colorful hair, piercings. You see everything. I, a lot of people like to talk to people who look like themselves right. and other people like to talk about the opposite, right? Sometimes young people want to talk to old people. Old people want to talk to young people. So Apple had that process before I got there, but what they did not have was a triage process. So I was pre-med, pre-dent, uh, good old fashioned Ball State University in Indiana. Um, and you know, when I got there, I realized that we had a really big problem. Right. The number one complaint in Apple stores at the time was that I, I couldn't find anybody to help me. Mm. That didn't make a lot of sense to me because we had 40 people on average working in every single store front of house. So in the front of house, you know, you think about that as your front office in your practice. Right. Back of house is the people that you don't get to talk to. Right. That's the hygiene, assisting and dentist. In this world, it's like the genius bar. That's back of house. Right. right? For, for your Apple store. So I was responsible for the entire workflow of the front. So I said, hey, why don't we start to triage people? And they're like, that's crazy. And I'm like, well, give me a few stores to try this out with. We started to triage people when they came in, strategically route them to somebody who knew they were talking to so they could find somebody instantaneously when they walked in. Mm -hmm. Right? That was a huge piece. And immediately you're happy. It's kind of like when somebody answers the phone. Right? Think about Southwest. Yeah. Right? When you call Southwest for a flight, you hit one or two and you talk to a human. Right. Same with American Express. You love it. Right? When I go through some stupid giant tree, I'm pissed every single time. Yeah. Same thing in the store. Find somebody who can help me and I'm good to go. So then we figured out that at the time we also had cash registers. Okay. I know this is a thing of the past in, in the, the Apple store because it was because I got rid of it. Right. We would find out that we would talk to somebody for 20 minutes, sell them an iPhone, a Mac, and then we would drop them off at the cash register and be like, good luck. Right. And half the time they would get there and go, oh my God, I'm holding a $600 computer in my hand. I didn't tell anybody I'm supposed to about buying this. I made a bad choice. They'll set it down and they'd leave. Hmm. Right. And it's funny, I'm making a lot of these analogies because what do we do every single day in our practices? We get done talking with patients for, for an hour. Right. And then what we do is we stand them up with our bibs still on them. We walk them to the front desk. Right. And we parade them around saying, please go pay for this stuff. And what do they do? They second guess themselves. Right. And we're surprised that we have a, poor patient acceptance rate on, our, on our, our treatment plans, right? It's the same concept. So what we did at the Apple store is we started to turn everybody into a checkout station, right? We started to say, hey, here's this little pocket PC, all right? And it was funny, we, we always used a Windows CE because we didn't have the App Store back in the day, oh, wow. right? And we would always blame when they'd screw up. We'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, it's Windows, you know? And mm -hmm. it was always a funny joke. Uh, we mounted receipt printers underneath desks. Uh, and then we also figured out that if uh, we handed you your bag of goodies too too early you would stick around too long right you start to play with other stuff so we started to walk you to the front of the store and then give it to you and out the store you went wow right so it was literally kicking you out without you knowing and i got to deploy that in about 300 stores uh, worldwide at the time including some best buys and targets who use it as well um and it was a lot of fun 
I, I reported directly to him, him to a guy named Tim Cook and Tim to Steve when he was still alive. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And I would imagine by, you know, taking away the registers, the sales went up, you know, people were happier and efficiency. And I, I mean, I'm constantly baffled by the number of people that still order at the register at Starbucks. I walk right into wow. the store. The line is going out the door. I walk right by them. I grab my coffee and walk right out. And I'm like, you guys, there's an app. And they're like, what? And so, uh, and you know, it's funny you say target, like when these things came into, you know, the marketplace, I was like, Oh, you know, and now they just built a new target by us and they have check out yourself at every exit. So it's not just at the main exit. It's now at every exit. So you walk in, grab your thing and you just walk right out. And actually, as you're saying this, I was at the Lucas, uh, oh, where was I? I was at somewhere. No, I went to watch the um, uh, basketball in Indianapolis, and uh, I was at yeah. that. And so they had um, they had stores. Like, not nobody was working them. You just walked in, and you swiped your card to get in, and you grabbed whatever yeah. you want, and I'm like, that's it? And they're just like, no, we got you. It's crazy, the efficiency. And so- wild. It's wild. And so I'm sure you've learned a lot on the automation side of things. Now, I got to ask you like, okay, that's a pretty cool crowd to hang around with, you know? And then yeah. what was like, uh, you know what? I, I just, I, 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 I want to be a dentist. Like, how did that come about, come to be? <laughs> well, it was always the, the plan, right? So when I was in school, it was always like pre-med, pre-dent. Uh, my dad's a golf pro. Uh, so I remember being out there on the course and uh, the the MDs would always run out there in their scrubs last second, hit their tee shot and then go get changed. Uh, and then I'd see the dentists on Wednesdays, you know, smoking a cigar, chilling because they had the whole day off and the half days on Fridays. I'm like, I'm going to be a dentist. Like, this is my job I want one day. And it was kind of like this derailing thing when I went to Apple, honestly. I didn't see myself going there. It's just the opportunity presented itself and it skyrocketed to the top because Apple had a really cool concept at the time that's like, hey, if you have a good idea, you can ride this to the top, which sounds like baloney, honestly. And it does in most orgs. They do it, right? Where you have a good idea, next thing you know, you're reporting to the guy at the top. And that's what happened with me. It was about the time, like rather 2008, where a lot of my friends were getting into the dental school, med school, vet school um, that I was all in you know, Ball State with. And I remember they, they just knew me as the tech nerd because I worked at Apple. They have no clue what I did that I had nothing to do with the programming side of things, but they were showing me their tech that they just bought. Uh, and you know, it's a traditional electronic health records that you've seen out there that you all get to use, the Dentrix, Eaglesoft, Open Dentals um, of the world. And I remember looking at that and going, oh my God, you gotta update this. And they're like, um, I just bought it. <laughs> yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh Christ, like this is the best, this is the biggest, this is the, this is the one. And, you know, Apple had just dropped the iPhone interface, which it was the first time in the world where we kind of got away from, you know, Photoshop, where one button did 10, you know, one button did one thing. Right. And there was like five days ways to do that one thing. It was a nightmare. Whereas, you know, Apple hit one button and did 20 things on the other side. There's automation, right? I want to make your life easier. Um, so I was spoiled, honestly, by that, right? I was spoiled by the automation. And I looked at these processes and I thought, you know what? I bet you I could make a software that will change all this. I'm going to make the electronic health record that everybody wants to switch to because that's really easy. 
Mm-hmm. I had no clue what I was talking about, right? Wow. I had no idea how difficult it is to switch out electronic health records and that it won't happen. I could literally walk up to you tomorrow and say, hey, look, I've got the best electronic health record on earth. Um, it's free and I'll give you $50,000 to switch. And you'd be like, get the hell out of my office right, right. now, right? Because right. I'm going to have two front desk people quit, right? I might not even see a latex allergy. I might miss that latex allergy, right? And kill a patient, right? All these different things happen where you don't want to switch. And if it ain't broke, it ain't, you know, don't fix it. Right. So if that's the case, you know, we started looking at that when I got into dental school. So went to dental school, decided to do that, got there, realized it wasn't so much about how somebody built a bad interface, right? It was just built in the 90s and then it never changed. It was that when it was built, it had clinical dentistry and clinical healthcare in mind, right? All these, and dentistry is not unique, right? Vets look the same, right? All these EHRs were built the same. Like it doesn't matter if you're in aesthetics, vets, optometry, hospital system, they're all bad, right? And they're all built in the late 90s, early 2000s, right? The kicker is, is they are not going to change. And even worse, they were built with only clinical in mind. So it lacks a lot of the business side. It was all built afterwards. You can tell, like, take Dendrix, for example. You can tell that they were like, they made a charting system. And then they go, oh, crap, we need scheduling. Bolted on. Oh, crap, we need billing. Bolted on. Right? You, you can see that. There's all those different little modules in there. And they're not unique. Everybody's like that. So if that's the case, then, you know, how do we teach how do we teach all these doctors business? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, I'm the same as all of you guys. Like I went through 11 years of school for ortho and the only business class I got was an econ class my sophomore year at Ball State. That's not enough, right? You know, we all can accidentally graduate dental school and go run million dollar businesses. And we are in the only world where we can be okay at it having no business experience and still have two vacation homes and BMWs, right? That's really cool. Um, Just because we charge a lot of money and we have decent margins, like 30% margins. But the question we need to ask each other is one, how long does that last? And then two, can we do better? You know, you know, one of the big things that we were talking, you were talking about earlier with staffing, it's a problem now, right? For the first time ever, we have front desk people who have been there for 20 years going, I might get a different job or even worse, you hire a Gen Z who is definitely going to have a different job three months later, right? right? That's just how they all, they're, they're switching jobs like constantly. And if that's the case, we ha- we can no longer say like, oh, well, Bobby at the front desk is the only one that knows how to schedule for me or, you know, all these simple things that can be automated. And on, on top of that, like we were saying, they don't want to do that anyway. So right. we said like, what if we could look at these things and work on more automation and the whys behind it, which is what I want to talk about with you. Yeah. I love the whys now, uh, you know, cause you're speaking my jam, like everybody loves automation and systems and you probably have a lot of data around what systems do because everybody knows this. Every time you create a system, you're saving thousands of hours in the future. You're making it more efficient. And I love what you said in the pre-show, like, listen, it's not all about money. It's about helping your team members be more human, which I'm, that's yeah. a fresh, perspective and everybody would want that. So what do, what do we not know about automation as dentists? Like what, why is this such a hidden, like, you know, secret here? Yeah. Well, first we have to acknowledge that our front desk team doesn't wake up, stretch in the morning and go, man, I can't wait to go schedule 30 patients. Oh man, I can't wait to go reconcile 80 transactions in electronic health record. That's not what they're excited about. 
And, and I'm guessing, interestingly enough, is that doctors aren't excited about actually drilling the tooth. We love talking with patients. Your front desk team loves talking with patients. It's a new conversation every time. How are your kids doing? How's life going? Oh my God, you're hurting. Let me help you, right? Let me be empathetic. That's the fun part of our job, taking somebody from a frown and turning it upside down. That's cool, mm -hmm. right? That's why we come into work every single day and it changes. And it, we also get instantaneous gratification from that process. It's the in-between stuff that's boring, right? We don't wanna do that stuff anyway. So what if we could take those in-between things, the scheduling of patients, right? right? The reconciling of payments, the verification of, be of benefits, right? whatever it might be, and automate it, right? So, you know, a lot of people will look at that and go, well, with automation, aren't you removing jobs? No, no, hell no, right? We're allowing people to be more human. We're turning them bionic, right? That's the best part. We're going to allow you to do the stuff that you want to do and love, right? And take away the stuff that you didn't want to do anyway. It's kind of like, did you really want to do basic arithmetic on paper no no no. you want to use a calculator right. right that's what you want to do i'll save you that time and give it back to you and make you happier in the end of those things so that's what we want to concentrate on and the other piece is is that we also have to realize you know that you know our front desk team right is pretty overworked right now right, right. They, we we kind of pile on them right and what does that mean well Meaning that like if you just take, for example, phones, for example, this is for a majority of doctors out there, like tw there's a number, 12% of dentists have direct scheduling. That's it, just 12%. Wow. Okay, so if you want an easy leg up on your competition, go allow direct scheduling. But on top of that, because phone calls are so interruptive, your front desk also misses 30% of the phone calls. That's the best front desks, by the way, mm -hmm. right? So if you're thinking in your mind, I don't know if mine's the best, that's a problem too, right? Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, we have to realize that. And, and the last thing I ask these doctors to think about, or these practice owners to think about, is think about the way that you want to schedule an appointment with your doctor, right? How do you want? Like when you when you go see a dermatologist, do, are you excited to call them up and find an appointment? No, I communicate with them through my app. Exactly. Right. Test, test results, you know, it. everything, appointments, correspondence. It's easier. Yep, absolutely. Now, imagine that doctor tomorrow said, you know what, I'm going to get rid of all this. And now the only way that you can communicate me with me again is uh, by a phone. What would you think? Wah, wah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You would, you would think this is upsetting, but you might even think even something worse. I'm going to find another doctor because now you've had a taste. Right. You've had a taste of this. And even better yet even if a patient hasn't had a taste of like how good that can be, they have somewhere else with Uber, with Amazon, right? With any online retail store or experience in their life, you know, Postmates, who's going to bring you food at the you know tip of your fingers, wherever you want to, DoorDash, whatever it might be. All these things are happening, right? Another thing I ask people, like if you're looking at two restaurants and one of them has open table and the other one doesn't, which one are you going to? I'm going to the one on an open table every single time. And, and you're bringing, now I'm older than you. And so like, you know, the Amazon thing was like, okay, wait a minute, I'm going to press a button and this is going to keep me from going to the store. I'll be the judge of that. Bam. You know, like, bam. Now, now it's bam, yeah. bam, bam, bam. We as consumers want things when we want them, how we want them. Not right now. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So you're kind of blowing my mind because like I'm one of the older guys now in the room and that happened really fast. But like, uh, take us through that. Like, where are we at in this yeah. point in time? Yeah. So what's nice is that traditionally 
people have been averse to some of this technology, right? Why? Because, okay, I'm going to open up my schedule to have you, somebody else, some technology schedule appointments for me. That's nerve wracking because guess what? They used to not be able to do it as well as Bobby at the front desk. Bobby's better. Well, I can, I'm happy to say that there's now technology that can do it. In fact, maybe better than Bobby. Because, you know, think about this. When a patient calls back in and wants to schedule their follow-up appointment, right? When you're trying to find that follow-up appointment, you first you have to look in the chart and say, okay, Ryan here needs a 45-minute appointment for their implant. Okay, great. Let me look through this chart. To find a 45-minute slot, you have to go through day by day by day and look for 45-minute slots with your eye. That takes like think about it when you call into the doctor is it a five minute process no no it's 20. it's mm -hmm. awful right and this is not oh my practice is shorter no it's not right it's it's definitely not it's a long process and while that's happening patients are walking out payments are not being taken a lot of these pieces are happening now we've got technology that can do it as good right your electronic you know health record should integrate with this stuff you should be able to show it on your website right another thing that i tell people is you know, one, make sure you talk to your marketing company and get good statistics on your website. Right. If they're not passing that to you, this is a quick aside. If they're not passing that data to you on a consistent basis, go find a new one because it's easy for them to do. All right. right. Now, let's say that the average doctor out there is getting 500 to 600 unique patients visiting their website a month. Right. That's a good average. If that happens, right, you should ask yourself, am I getting 500 to 600 new patients for my website a month, right? And everybody will say, well, no, of course I'm not. Right. And the problem with that statement is the, of course I'm not part. Let's, let's rephrase it for a second. Imagine that 500 people walked into your front office, right? In your waiting room, looked at you in the face, looked at your staff in the face, looked at your office and says, nah, and walked out. Mm -hmm. You would be pissed. Right. Right. You would be really upset. You would say, what's wrong Did you know, somebody poop on the carpet. Like what's going on here? Right. There's a problem. But yet we're OK with somebody leaving our website without scheduling. Nobody came to your dental website by accident. Right. Nobody was searching for ESPN and you were a result, too. Right. They were looking for a dentist. They came to your website with one intention, only one right? And they decided not to book for some odd reason. Maybe they didn't get the information they wanted. Maybe they didn't trust you. Maybe they weren't ready to make a buying decision, whatever it might be, but they made that decision, right? right? So we have to have something on there that allows them to, for a call to action. And it cannot be a phone number in the top right where you answer that from nine to five, Monday through Friday, but not Wednesdays and not the weekend, right? That's a real problem. And when was the last time you were just ready to pick up the phone because that's a fun process? Right. It's, it's a lot. It's yeah. ridiculous. I hate calling people. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Now, so, so as you're putting all this together, like I have so many questions, like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you hear this back and forth and I'm not here to slam any software, but you know, these companies don't play well, you know, they go API, but they don't really know what API is. And now you're coming yeah. in here and you're <laughs> trying to combine all these technologies and there's a lot of moving pieces to it. Tell me the story of what you put together. What were you thinking when you did this? Yeah, um, you're right. They, they don't want to uh, play nice. And it's really interesting too. So just to speak to them for a second, they would be so smart to open up those ecosystems to the world, right? Yeah. Open Dental is probably the closest one out there that just says, here I am. 
I suck, make me better right and make me sticky that's the whole thing because right. if you get upset enough like let's say i make a bunch of really cool innovative technology over here and you come over to me and you go ryan i, I gotta have that technology i go cool i don't integrate after a while you're gonna get mad enough and it takes a lot of madness right because it's not fun to change you might get mad enough to switch yeah right you might right, right. or even worse you might devalue your practice enough to switch meaning that if I cannot have the technology that becomes a standard of care because these electronic health records are not allowing me to change, even though I want to, now my practice is worth less money, right? right? Now when I wanna to go to exit and sell this bad boy one day, I don't have the cool systems that I need that make me attractive to a private equity group or even to an individual purchaser that I need to get my multiple. And now my retirement is screwed, right? So like these are the kind of things that people are gonna to start to think about. These electronic health records need to make a choice. Now, here's the fun part. With brand new technologies out there today, like RPA technology, which is uh, a fancy word for screen scraping or bot. Um, yeah. But at the same time, with things like that, things like the Cures Act, um, which allows you as a doctor, you are the owner of your data, right? right? You can do whatever you want with it. So you don't own Dentrix per se. You don't own EagleSoft. You don't own Open Dental. And they have specific rights for you to use those softwares but what you do own is the patient information within there that is your data so what the cures act says is, is that hey i can allow anybody out there right with the proper obvious baas and you know hipaa compliance and all that other good stuff and encryption to access this i can you can give me your password username or you can create one for me and you can say hey this is my data you can read it, you can write to it, you can do whatever you want, right? That's another cool, that's two cool things happened during COVID. One's Cures Act, two is the, the uh, QR codes, right? right? Um, they came back. But at the end of the day, that changed things so that now awesome, innovative companies can help you as a practitioner, yeah. right? So what we did is we started building out technology that said, I don't care about these APIs. And honestly, like you said, they don't even know what APIs are. And the ones that they built are slow. It's not socket technology. It's not for all the real nerds out there. It's not a restful API. That means I can't beat it up. And also if they didn't build it correctly, that means that if I'm utilizing their APIs, and even though I'm doing it in the right way, I'm going to light your physical server on fire because they're not used to real time activity. Right. So what we did is we had to build a tool that layers on top, right? We wanted to layer on top so that you change nothing. Right, those are the types of technologies that you want. Anything that you apply in your practice, right? Any type of technology purchase that you make, you should ask one really big question. Does anybody in my practice have to change anything? Mm -hmm. Okay, and if the answer is yes, you have a really good chance at failing, right? right. Meaning that right now we have to ask ourselves, you know, a front desk team member, if I give them something extra to do, like oh, we see it all the time with uh, live chat that they have to man. Right. right. The front desk has to man the live chat. <clears throat> Wrong. Right. Oh, I'm sure they got nothing else to do. Right. Are you going to pay them more to do that? Right. Are, are you going to add another person up front? Hell no. It's just you flop it on them. Right. That's why we have to look at things like automation or having another 24 seven live chat team do it on their behalf, which is like what we do with simplify. But this is the kind of stuff where you have to acknowledge that and say, am I going to pay the front desk team member more to do this? If the answer is no, you know, then I probably shouldn't give it to them, yeah. you know? So we look at the integration side of things and we try to say, let's be a common denominator, okay? Meaning that 
I want to integrate with everybody, right? The Dentrix, EagleSoft, OpenDale, Dentrix Enterprise, Ortho Software, whatever it might be. Even on the vet and optometry side, which is really cool. Because imagine you go from a dental clinic over to your optometrist and your charts actually transfer. Wow. That's cool, mm -hmm. right? So that's what we've built. But at the same time, this is a really big deal, not just for a single location, because on a single location, you're excited because you go, okay, now my front desk doesn't have to do as much work, mm -hmm. right? That's great because now I, they don't have to schedule everything. They don't have to talk with patients because of live chat. They don't have to reconcile payments because it reads and writes back to the ledger. All those things are fantastic. But the other piece is now imagine that you have two locations or three, and maybe you're going to buy a 10th location. As you roll up these other locations, a huge part of their aggregation process is actually a thing called integration. And not in the sense that we're talking about. It's actually how I buy a practice and integrate them into my ecosystem. Right. Okay. Which is really powerful because normally I got to buy them and say, hey, now you're going to use my electronic health record. Now you're going to use my banking system and my swiping of credit cards. And you lose people. Right. And then today you can't afford to lose human beings. You right. just can't because you're not going to get them back. Yeah. So what we did is we said, I don't care what you have. Right. Use this and you can now start to even integrate more people at a common denominator and say, don't change anything. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm loving this and I, I'm just going to tell, I'm going to tell everybody what, what I said in the beginning. Cause you and I met for the, I'm like, okay, listen, I know what you do is kind of cool, but like the worst podcast that I have on here, somebody's trying to say, you're like doing the opposite. Like I'm, I, I honestly don't know what the hell you do. Like, I don't know what it is that you do and what your product <laughs> is and what you created. So I can certainly appreciate what you're doing um, even here right now. So like, what is it like what do you and i haven't looked at i'll be i'll be yeah. quite honest i'm just trusting my team they're like no just listen to them it's pretty cool and i certainly haven't vetted it so don't listen to me as like oh I've, like what do you, what did you create what is it yeah so like i was saying we actually automate the entire front desk part that they don't want to do so right. we came at it from a couple of different angles the first one is 24 7 live chat Right, we can implement a 24-7 live chat. This is something that you've experienced on Amazon, you've experienced with your bank, except we don't use a bot. We use a real human being here in the US, all either current or ex-front desk human beings. They chat live 24-7 and answer within seven seconds. We even speak eight different languages. It's really cool, right? With the only goal to book patients in your system. And because of those integrations, with those electronic health records, we can write directly back instantaneously and your front desk had to do nothing. Wow. Right. On top of that, we can also, with that deep integration, give them direct scheduling. Right. So think open table for dental yep. is the easiest way to describe it. Right. We integrate with your electronic health record. We show them times that are available. You get to choose how it's booked so we can cross reference open chairs with you know, uh, providers and what those providers can actually do. And we can, you know, side book people if that's a thing that you're looking for, right? Where you double book them. Uh, all those things, making things easy and booking like your front desk team can, again, taking that stuff away. And we've already had the conversation here. This is what people want, right? right? The other piece that we came at was on, we call invite. And this is really cool. So what we do is we look at the plan treatment that you have. So you plan treatment that you haven't completed, we can then categorize it by the procedure type. We can categorize it by the amount of money it's gonna make you. And we can automatically send text and emails out to those patients to have them schedule themselves back for that treatment. Wow. It's a golden goose. It's basically like you saying, 
you have a gold mine. I just brought you mining equipment for the first time. Yeah. Now you're not, so it's not a practice management software system in itself. No, it's just something that integrates on the top. Now you had mentioned the phone calls. Where do the phone calls come in play? Do you have a VoIP system? Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm not the guy that understands all this. So can I ask? Yeah. It's the only piece we don't touch, right? Because okay. honestly, your front desk does pretty well at the phones side of the right. things. And there's some great people out there like Mango, like Weave. They do some cool stuff, you know, and they should stick to that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, that's what we always recommend for phones. We've just found that now about 60% of your patients are going to want to actually schedule themselves and not talk to you in the first place. Right. On top of that, we even make something more special where your direct booking link, we don't make them come to your website for it. You can take your direct booking link and now put it on your Yelp results, your Google My Business results, your Delta Dental results, right? Uh, Instagram ads. Let them book right from there. Don't make them leave, right? Imagine a Nike ad that says, buy my shoe, but you got to call me from nine to five. Right. That's your Instagram ad you're running right now. Say book now right there at the bottom. And then the other cool thing that we've done is we actually built a fintech platform too. Right. So this is the rare side. So what we did is think of like Square. Like when you talked about walking in the coffee shop, remember you walked in, you had that app on your phone, you just tapped it, you were done. Right. Right. Imagine that you have that now for your office. That's what we built. Right. You walk in, the patients registered through pre, you know, direct scheduling and all that other good stuff. And now when it comes to payment processing, one of the things that your front desk really does not like, right, is the fact that they have to swipe a credit card. Right. Right. And then what they have to do is go over to the electronic health record and type in that transaction again. Right. Right. That is a pain and also fraught with error. Have you ever typed anything wrong into a calculator? Oh, for sure. Right? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Right. So we make it so that's instantaneous and automated. Right. Right. Now, Which is really cool. You're going to love this. Right. So I have four kids and I didn't know that they got onto my phone and enabled the Apple pay on their phone from my card. And so <laughs> I... I'm like, wow, there's a lot of money going on. Like I sit, I sit down, I'm like Apple Pay, Apple Pay. I'm like, well, I didn't buy that. And what I and then I started, I'm the late one in our family. So like I go into one store and the lady's like, Do you have Apple Pay? She goes, like, yeah, just hold up your phone. And I I held it up and it went ding. And my kids are like, Yeah, we've been doing that for months. Like you just go ding, ding. Oh yeah. Is, Apple Pay, man. It's frightening. And I kind of love it. And then I had to disable my oh, yeah. kids off of my pay. But but you're really kind of saying the same thing. Now, now I'm jumping to conclusions, but if I were just to give you my basic understanding and what I've just learned in like 30 minutes is this, is that you're taking my doctor app that I communicate with my dermatologist and my general doctor and all my other doctors I communicate with. And you're, yep. you're adding the live chat, the direct scheduling, the invite, and if I even went to the website, like you're going to communicate and my payment system. So if I'm in there, um, I'm just going to go ding, Apple Pay or whatever okay. it is. I mean, am I am I on the right track you, here? You hit the nail on the head. And every single thing that you just talked about is something that your front desk has to do right now. Right. They have to do that manually. Now imagine that they don't. And now they're just talking with patients and being welcoming and increasing relationships and, and making them happier. Right. That's the goal that we've come forward with where we say, let's let these front desk team members enjoy what they're doing every single day and focus on the stuff that they're really good at. We'll take care of the nitty gritty in between stuff that they don't want to do anyway. 
Yeah. What about, uh, so this one comes up, uh, appointment reminders, all that kind of stuff. So yep. that's, that's automatically. We do. You guys do all it's that. It's built right in. Yeah, yeah. We built, we built all that stuff in. Uh, we even do like some, some review generation stuff and listing stuff. Like there's, there's the, uh, me too kind of stuff, you know, along with there, but the stuff we do that's really innovative, you know, is really on the payment side of things. You know, nobody really creates that ecosystem where it is easy to tap. Right. It is easy for a wireless terminal. Remember how I talked about how uh, we walk people to the front desk all the time. Now we give you a wireless piece of hardware. Do chairside checkout. Right. Nobody's ever even tried it out. You will get a higher rate of yeses just by doing chairside checkout because they're more comfortable with talking with that person. Right. And then at the same time, we even talk about integrating third party financing into the process of checking out. So now you'll see when you check out credit card, debit card, or choose your financer, right? Let them have that option and they're going to get more yeses to it. And don't make your front desk team talk about it because they don't want to talk about that stuff anyway, or watch people get denied. Yeah. Right. That's the other thing about that. Yeah. And let that reconcile. too. Okay. So you're blowing my mind already. And again, I haven't had just, I, and I'm going to ask you a question that I didn't, I, I wasn't going to tell you what's on the future. What's in the future. Cause I could tell like you're, you're a good thinker. Like um, tell me what's on the future, not only from the technological side or maybe even the future in your future of what you're thinking yeah. right now. You're going to see a lot of magic happen in, in the coming months and, okay. and, and years. Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, we talked about two distinct portions of a product, right? We talked about uh, engagement and we talk about fintech. What people are starting to ask is, how do I get those two woven together, right? Take, take for example, um, Starbucks, which you've commented on. Right. Starbucks is the sixth largest bank in the world because of their Starbucks app, wow. right? I guarantee you've got like 17 bucks on Starbucks, your, your app right now, just sitting there ready for you to go, right. right? They're making money off of that. Now, what's interesting is, what if we start to weave those things together? Let's take patient forms, for example, right? What kind of data are we collecting with patient forms? We think name, phone number, address, social, all that stuff. You know, one, that should be automated. It should read and write back. It should be an easier thing. And you've experienced that at other practices. But what can I do with that data? That's the question. Right. What if, what if, I, could, what if I could pre-qualify people before they come in? Right? What if wow. I could make it so they know that they afford treatment? What if I could tell you as a doctor exactly what they're pre-qualified for? Would that change the game for you? Wow. That's crazy. And it, is it true that Apple's the largest credit card holder in the world? Like they have the largest. They are now. They are? Yeah, they're actually building out their own rails. So now they basically said we're so big that now what we're going to do is they're going to partner with Goldman Sachs and they're going to start to say, maybe we are Visa. Maybe we're MasterCard. Maybe we are American Express. And now you'll have just a Apple card because they can build their own technology rails and as they push more through there like more than likely you'll be like do you have an apple card in the future right yeah. you, you already say like do you oh you have an apple credit card but it runs through mastercard right now you know so this little technology company transformed computers oh by the way it transformed the record industry and now it's going to transform yeah. the credit card industry and the finance industry that's crazy it's amazing it's amazing what you can do when you listen to your customers Right. Wow. It, it, I, I think that Amazon is the, the best example of this. If Why? you tell me that Jeff Bezos went into the game saying, oh, um, I, I started selling books to one day build rockets or I started building, you know, selling books to build uh, a cloud to contain the entire Internet with AWS. There's no way. 
right? right. He did not do that. He went in to sell books, but his fundamental thought process is I'm going to listen to my customers. I'm going to give them the best service possible. So they stick with me and they're going to tell me exactly what to build. And I'm going to hire genius engineers and go build it. Right. That's how you get stuff done. And that's what Apple's doing. And that's honestly, you know, our thought process. Our first application was to tell doctors where to go and why to be there on your Apple watch. That was yeah. the first one we did. Yeah. Let right? me ask you a question. Do you know the, I've heard this, but I don't know if it's true. I heard Bezos always has an empty chair at meetings it, to point out that that's the customer. Do you know what I mean? Cause we get in our heads and I don't know if you've heard that, but I've heard that several times. I've yeah. never validated that, but I've, I think that's a pretty cool mindset and it completely supports what you said is like, we, we've got to have, we got to include the customer in this conversation type of a thing. Yeah. And that's what you guys are doing too, right? Yeah. I mean, look, he takes the customer's right to a whole nother level. Right. I mean, you, you've had it. Would you say that Amazon's customer experience is the best one you've ever had? Yeah. I mean, I'm, constantly getting this product would be good for you. And I'm like, you're probably right. You know, like I was, yeah. or, or they know, you know, they were also too, they've revolutionized the shopping cart, like where I was looking at something and they're like, Hey, you left something behind. And I'm like, I did, I was kind of busy. Let me buy it right now. Yeah. You know, and also too, they took the entire Nordstrom, they took the risk, you know, reversal thing to a whole nother level, which Nordstrom had done for years, which made us, you know, we didn't understand the implications on it psychologically that we like buying from people where we have no risk, you know, so I could take anything back to Nordstrom or Costco. Do you know that you can assemble an entire like piece of furniture at Costco, stain it and still return it and they'll take it back. And Amazon, same <laughs> thing. Like Amazon's got this yeah. no questions asked thing and I love it. I absolutely love it. Half so. the time it's keep it, right? They, they say, oh, just keep it. You know, right. like, have you ever had that where they're like, I want to return this. They're like, we're good. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's crazy. That is, that's a whole nother level. Now it cost them an arm and a leg and they had to get to a critical volume for that. But what they're saying is, is that I would rather make this person happy. Right. Right. For the 30 bucks I would have made or the 10 bucks I would have made, they're going to go buy thousands of items in the future. And, yeah. and I'm good with that. You have to have some venture capital backing and some, they're, they're in a great spot, but at the same time, like that's why you do that, right? That's why you listen. Like I said, we started off with being an Apple watch company, right? Literally literally telling people where to go and why to be there. Doctors, it it failed miserably, but thank Christ, we listened to what they actually wanted and we built it, right? Basically I listened and they said, we don't want change. We don't want any change. We don't want to feel any of this. We don't want any friction whatsoever. And I said, okay, no problem. How about yeah. automation, right? And since then, it's been uh, all up ever since. You know, that's awesome. Well, Ryan, I've absolutely enjoyed this. I, you know, I love the way you think. Any last thoughts on automation, you know, or the future of like really helping your team be more human? Any any last thoughts? Yeah. Look, the biggest thing that I tell people is start to take a step in this direction because mm-hmm. it's going to be the people that take a step tomorrow that are fine in five years. Because I'm telling you right now, the wages are not going down. It's not like all of a sudden we're going to graduate a bunch of hygienists and assistants, and now we're going to be able to pay them less again. The cat's out of the bag. We're stuck with the numbers that they are, right? Your your margins went down recently, right? You need to make these adaptations now so that five years from now, you are the winner on your block. You're the winner, you know, as a DSO. It doesn't matter the size of your practice, right? That's what you want to do. But Take one step. You don't have to do everything we were talking about. You don't have to do it all at once. Start with live chat. 
right? See yeah. what happens. See if you can answer your patient's questions when they want them to be answered and watch what happens, right? Yeah. Automatically reconcile patient uh, payments, right? That's what they want to see. Like pick one thing and go with that, but don't get frozen up by decision, you know, envy. Like you, you don't want to sit there and go, I have 10 different things I need to do. Oh my God, I'll never start. Right. One thing, one yeah. step. That's how you, everybody freezes up on the first step. Take the first step and you'll be good to go. I love it. Now, I haven't even asked you about your product. Tell us, I got a lot of listeners, like, what is it? Where do I find it? How do I get started? Yeah. What is, what do you, where do I go? Yeah, you can go to simplify.com. So, uh, uh, simplify spelled S I M P L I F E Y E.com. We try to make it as difficult as possible to spell it. Um, so yeah, you can go to simplify.com, check out everything about us. Uh, and you can, you know, like I said, it's not an all in one system. It's one of those things, just pick the piece of it that you want to go with. doesn't matter if it's payment processing where we can actually go as low as 0% merchant fees. Yep. 0% merchant fees, which is really wow. cool, uh, with cash discounting, uh, or, you know, start with direct scheduling because, it's the easiest way to beat your competition, right? Mm -hmm. just, just go there, 12% of your colleagues have this, and you said it earlier, right? You said, hey, if I you know, have uh, open table on one restaurant and not on the other one, you go to open table. Right. It's the same decision that these patients are making. They don't know that you're a good doctor or a bad doctor. They think all doctors are created equal. Uh, we can we can change that right with a with a simple piece and we do it by location. It's it's really easy to get up and going. By the way, onboarding takes uh, uh, forty eight hours or less. And then on top of that, I can train everybody on the call. Do you know how to open an email? Congrats, you're trained, right? Like literally, we try to incorporate this into the current workflows that you have in your practice every day. Your front desk will not notice that we're even there, right? They'll just be happy that they're doing less of the stuff they didn't want to do anyway. Wow. Cool stuff, man. Well, thank you for being on. Like, I really like the way you think, and I love your story. I'm a big fan of stories, you know, like Thanks uh, so much. people's stories. Yeah. So I'm going to have you back and talk about another component of technology here as we get going. So stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. Hey, if you enjoyed today, which I know you did, just do us a favor, hit the share button, and make sure you check out Ryan's company. Let me know what you think. Like, it's brand new to me, but uh, I love where where he's headed, and, and uh, hope your life's get easier. And remember, if you can help your team be more human, they'll appreciate you too. So uh, hope you guys have a good day and we'll see you next time on the Best Practices Show. There you have it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Best Practices Show. I hope you sure did enjoy it. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are always here for you. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, you can leave a comment or a four or five star review. But until we see you next time, keep watching the best practices show. Oh,